Welcome to the Faith Seeking Freedom Podcast, a project of the Libertarian Christian Institute. Your questions about faith and liberty deserve thoughtful answers, and we're dedicated to giving you solid responses so you can live free and flourish. Welcome back to the Faith Seeking Freedom Podcast. I'm Dr. Norman Horn, and if you enjoy this, please let us know and email us your own question at podcast at libertarianchristians.com. Today, our question comes from an anonymous listener, and it has to do with understanding what parts of the Bible are applicable for us today. He starts, I'm rereading the whole of the Bible to update my understanding of God's Word. Hey, man, great work. I'm doing the same thing this year as well. Go 2023. (laughs) Most passages cover biblical rules. According to many pastors I have heard and read, many of these rules were necessary at the time, but no longer considered relevant. For others, they tell us that they are still relevant. How is this assessment made? How do we know which are still applicable in modern times and which are outdated? Can we accept biblical truth in part or should we accept it in full? If the former, who decides? Is it up to individuals? If so, doesn't that render biblical truth irrelevant as everyone can just pick the parts they want to adhere to and ignore the others? Wouldn't this lead to a church without a binding narrative? Lots of stuff to unpack here. And I think there's probably some particularly good ways to start off. And let's just make sure that we're kind of all on the same page here. I think, first off, when we say most passages cover biblical rules, I'm not sure I'd necessarily agree with that. There's a lot of genres in the Bible, genres of literature, if you will. Some are rule-based and some are narrative-based and give us lessons to learn, but not strictly speaking rules. As my father-in-law loves to say, and I love this quoting him on this, and I'm honored that I get to quote my father-in-law here, says, you know, the Bible doesn't teach you to bake a cake. (laughs) And uh, I think that's kind of important to remember in some of these things. But we also should take heed of 2 Timothy chapter 3. And in verses 16 and 17, it says, all scripture is God breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Now that's important to remember too. And keep in mind that, you know, this is you know, before the canonization of scripture. So he's not just speaking about the scriptures of, you know, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John and the epistles. This is Paul talking to Timothy before a lot of this stuff was even recorded down. So they probably had some sense of which the epistles or the letters that the apostles were passing around of which were, you know, inspired by God. I understood that. But then also he's talking about the Old Testament. Whoa, so what does he mean there, man? That's, it can get complicated. They also probably had a lot of understanding about, you know, this is what Jesus said, and this is reliable because the apostles themselves were teaching it. So in some sense, there's that too. But we take this to mean now the canon of scripture itself as well, just broadly speaking. So that's kind of important. To, let's start off with that, that no matter what we kind of conclude here, we should remember that all scripture comes from God, that it is authoritative, And it is useful for all of these things. It is there for our benefit. And so if we ignore it, we do it at our own peril, of course. So let's let's kind of begin with that. And I guess the other thing is, I'm going to kind of put it this way. This rubric comes from one of my theology professors from years ago, Dr. Alan McNichol. And what he used to tell me was that you can approach scripture in one of two ways. One is the hermeneutic of skepticism. Now, the word hermeneutic is a way of understanding, a way of approaching scripture, really a way of interpreting anything per se, but we're the hermeneutic of skepticism. And that is when we approach the scripture as though it is something to be dissected and uh, figured out, what are we supposed to just discard here? What do we not have to believe? 
and try to be very aggressive in the use of scripture in trying to basically get rid of it as much as possible. And uh, that is, I think, dangerous. The alternative, and this is what he commended, of course, is the hermeneutic of trust in that we come to the scripture believing inherently that it is part of what God's plan is for us understanding him better. It's his revelation to us. And I'm not making any other claims other than that, that it is authoritative in understanding who God is and what he wants us to be as well. Okay, but there are things in the Bible that we don't just immediately look at it and say like, well, that's a rule for us to follow. I mean, clearly there are, I mean, I've been reading through the Kings and Chronicles recently, and even kings that were considered good in many ways did some pretty awful stuff. And just because they were considered a good king even doesn't mean that they're like, well, that license is given then for all of their activities and we should follow that example to the letter because that's the rule, right? No, it's not. And so one way in which we you know, try to understand what parts of the Bible are applicable per se in the form of a rule is we have to first off start with what's the genre of literature? What does that mean? And so that type of analysis is not something that we even do in isolation either. And it's perhaps a failing sometimes of our modern American Christianity that we sometimes think that we ought to just approach the Bible with a blank slate every time, as if we could ever do that. And even my own denomination sometimes tries to put forward this idea, of, well, at least in the past, the Church of the Christ to you know, try to maybe approach with this flat reading of Scripture. Whereas I think it's more appropriate to realize that we come to the table of reading Scripture, both doing it in community, so we do it with the fellow believers that are around us, and also with a history both the personal history that we hold and the history that we understand of the church. And so it's important to realize that when we are interpreting scripture all the time, it's done with a thorough understanding of biblical theological principles, of reading the scripture as honestly as we can. Yes, and maybe that's where the flatness comes into play is to be that way, but also with a sense of appreciation and realization of what our forebears have done and said about scripture. That being said, there's a lot of parts of the old law, for instance, the Hebrew law that you'll find in you know, Exodus through Numbers in the Pentateuch, that we kind of interpret as being less applicable for us today. And a lot of it has to do with the ceremonial law. Like we obviously don't do animal sacrifices. We understand that Jesus basically fulfilled that for us. And there's no reason to keep going that direction. We don't need to practice that anymore. And so similarly, there are many ceremonial pieces that we do not follow. It's just not applicable to us. We don't see that as being relevant. But when we can discern the more universal moral principles that come from even the Pentateuch, we should take heed of that. You know, obviously the Ten Commandments are pretty important. We even then we have to be careful. We are still a little careful about like, you know, punishments about the Sabbath, for instance. We don't obviously keep that in line. And so part of the reason we say that is that we understand that the old law was for the people of Israel at that time. And what we take out of that and bring into our modern world, our modern cultures, we realize that our culture is not one that that applies to. But we still believe that, you know, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength is a good idea. Who <laughs> you think that's the rule that we should be following, of course, and love your neighbor as yourself. Those things we affirm 100%. So hopefully that's a little helpful. I know that in your email, my friend, that you mentioned that pastors had made that potentially more complicated than you wanted it to be and recommended some commentary books. And uh, maybe that's not your preferred intent, but I can't really go any farther here without really commending 
the work of our forebears because that's part of what we do when we do theology is we do it in that community. I love a phrase that like another one of my teachers taught me that theology is a conversation about God between the living and the dead. And by that, he meant that there are so many things we can learn from the people that came before us. And so that's why you know we recommend books all the time. So there's a bunch of great books on hermeneutics out there and I highly recommend you check them out. Maybe to see what your pastor had to say and hey, let me know what he recommended too. I'd be curious to know. Hope you enjoyed this question. We'll see you next time. This podcast was inspired by our popular book, Faith Seeking Freedom, which is available on Kindle, softcover, and audiobook at faithseekingfreedom.com. Want your questions answered on our podcast? Email us at podcast at libertarianchristians.com. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast so we can reach more Christians with the message of liberty.